Hello one and all, welcome back to the Anacon Chelsea podcast with me, Jan. How's everyone doing? Well, good. So am I. Um, today, yeah, so there's no guest on today, it's just me again, like the earlier episodes. I will be having a guest uh, after the weekend, early next week, to uh, to review the Spurs game and hopefully a victory over the Spuds and look ahead, etc, etc, talk Premier League, this, that and the other. So... I wanted to do an episode today to preview the uh, Spurs games, get my thoughts on it, and um, maybe a little bit of transfer rumours, this, that, and the other. And, um, well, maybe just a little bit of the Nations League. So, yes, ladies and gentlemen, let's get into it. Okay, before we get going with the Chelsea, I do want to talk about the Nations League. Um, I'm really digging it. I think I've said that before. Um, in terms of how exciting it is, and that sounds pretty lame, <laughs> but I do think it's exciting. Um, prior to really understanding it, it was difficult to get my head around it, and now I have got my head around it. It does seem like a sort of a innovative competition in terms of using these these matchups, in terms of coefficient uh, backdoor entry into the Euros. Um, you know, as a competition itself, this, that, and the other, and I like the pre- um, the relegation and promotion factor. It does make it more exciting. So um, I think what's testament to it being exciting, or the best example, is the England um, game against Croatia. How um, so much rode on that game? Okay, so let me get this right. I think if we win, we get promoted. If Croatia win. Sorry, we don't get promoted. We get we advance to the next round. Um, if Croatia do win, they advance to the next round. If there's any form of draw, whether it be a nil-nil or a score draw, Spain advance to the next round. But if it's a nil-nil, um, England don't get relegated. And if it's a score draw, <laughs> Croatia don't get relegated. So it's fucking nuts. <laughs> and... Um, I'm not going to bang on about England for ages because that's not what this uh, podcast is about. And I do appreciate our listeners throughout the um, the globe. So I don't want to, you know, talk about a nation that certain American listeners don't really give a shit about. And I understand that. But um, England did come back from a 1-0 deficit. And uh, quite excitingly... Even when we equalised for it to be 1-1 late in the game, we were still getting relegated. And it was one goal, that that late Harry Kane winner. That was the goal that took us from relegation to advancing further in the um, in the competition. So, come on, I mean, that in itself, that makes it exciting, right? Um, anyway, oh, I know, I was loving it. The, the, look, at, look at France's group, like, the Netherlands are completely back in business as well, like, it, the, the two previous world champions, I know Germany have had a bit of a shit time, but you'd, you would have expected them to come back. Anyway, so those uh, for the Netherlands to top the group over those two, it's um, it's a crazy competition, and it's, it's been good fun. Usually the, the international break is just so painful. And the way I celebrated that England um, Harry Kane winner in the England game, it was like... Uh, Elements of 
a Chelsea, well, like Chelsea winner, you know, um, that you know you'd, you'd expect on the weekend. So, so yeah, you know, big up the uh, Nations League to a degree, and um, and yeah, it was fun. So um, that's all I want to say about that. And uh, let's let's get on to let's get on to the Chelsea. <laughs> All right, so I want to talk about like transfers and a bit ins and outs and rumors. And I did, um, I I tweeted out to you guys explaining earlier that I'm going to be doing a pod this evening and wanted to get some questions. And granted, I I tweeted a bit too late, so um, I didn't get much of you writing in. But I got a few questions, uh, and I will. I think a lot of them are the same. Um, so I'll I'll talk about the sort of uh, recurring themes. But before that, let's look ahead to Spurs. Uh, okay, so. I'd say first big test really in terms of coming up against an accomplished team. Um, I know we beat Arsenal, but they were a shit show, and we did, and we were lucky to beat them. And this is a way, although it's at Wembley. I'm not. Chelsea have developed, and we've looked incredibly good. And we didn't win against Everton because tactically they set up very well against us. Um, if you haven't listened to the last pod go back and listen because we I talk about that with a football analyst Wyatt Callum Wyatt knows his stuff he's a Toffee fan and he uh, he knows the game well tactically so it's worth a listen but whether Pochettino is going to set up like um in such a way to sort of stop us playing or to to stifle Jorginho um is yet to be seen I'm not sure he'll do that I think he'll try and play his own brand of football just to say Asari or a Klopp would or a Guardiola I'm I'm not entirely sure but you think because they're at home as well they'd come out and take a few more I say at home they're at Wembley but it's a home fixture they'll come out and take some risks which would probably bode well for us um I know I say we were lucky to beat Arsenal but we've come a long way since that earlier game and we've developed a lot so I don't. I'd be real. I guess the bookies would make us favourites because I think it is third versus fourth, or we're and we're away. So it'd be interesting to um, it'd be interesting to see that. You know what? I'm gonna do this live. I'm not gonna edit. I'm gonna go on a a, a reputable bookmaker now, and I'm gonna tell you live who are the favourites because you know what? Everything shouldn't be editing these days. You know, it should be um, it should be. A little bit more live. Oh, here it is. Okay, so after all that, it's pretty much evens. <laughs> or even odds both ways. Um, okay, well, I kind of go figure, right? So it's going to be an interesting one. I wonder... I know, like, Tottenham have had technically or statistically their best ever start to the season ever, but I don't think the camp's as happy as ever. Although I think player form and morale's pretty high. Eriksen's looking good. Kane's looking good, you know. Deli Alley was good for England. This that there's a, there's a quite a few um not none of the players have dropped off a lot. You know, Lucas Mora, Lamella, there's a lot of good players in there. So it's difficult to sort of say human son actually. I don't know what happened to him. Is he I think his form's dropped off loads of last season. He was a banker for fantasy football. Um, you know, deadly uh, man when in form, but I'm not sure that's the case at the moment. So you got I do I would back us against Spurs even if it's um away to be honest actually ever since they beat us last season at the bridge and broke the uh, Stamford Bridge Spurs curse in their view it would be a little bit more uh, of, a, of a nervy affair when they come back to our, our yard 
So we'll have to see how I feel or how we feel as a fan base uh, when they come back. If the confidence, like we always had, the sort of a overriding, dominating confidence, I'm not sure that will be present as much um, next time they come back. But um, maybe we'll uh, we'll do better away because the pressure's off in that sense, and um, we'll expect them to play their game and leave spaces. I don't know if they'll put a man on Jorginho, but it will be an interesting game, and you'd imagine. We'd start Morata again, which is, um, it's up for debate of how everyone feels about him at the moment. You know, should we get a striker? Shouldn't we get a striker? It looks like he was scoring again, but that last game against Everton, he just looked like an angry kid, didn't he? Which is, uh, some of the bad negative sides against Morata we don't like. You know, when his head goes in the game, he's just not a good striker at all. You know, he wasn't like a Diego Costa that would get wound up. Um, whether it be the referees, the officials, the opposition players, he'd look like he'd just be in his own world, like Morata does, his own world, all wound up and angry. But you'd bank on uh, Diego Costa to just bully off five people and tuck it in the corner and score the winner at the end. And, you know, he wouldn't act surprised or, you know, he, he didn't celebrate like he'd won the lottery. He'd be stoked, but it just seems there's... Not too many parallels with Morata. Morata's like a gifted technical footballer. just doesn't have what it takes to be a first striker in the Premier League. I hope I'm wrong. I hope I get proven wrong. But it's just we don't have time to fuck about, do we? Michy Betchouai is not doing very well for Valencia. Even though he scored a couple of goals for Belgium. So I don't know what the situation of a recall for him is. Um, it is... I, I, I do subscribe to the... Um, idea that at one point this season Sario will do the full to nine with the three little guys up front whether it be Hazard or whether it be Pedro I can't imagine it would be Willian but maybe one of those two or you know they do often interchange as well but keeping the ball on the deck and those three three people in the final third and keeping the ball low and passing around might work better rather than bouncing the ball off Giroud or you know, trying to play in such a way, allowing Morata to run in behind. So it might suit us better. I don't know if they'd like to play like that. I think Hazard said he, he said he didn't like to play like that under Conte, but it would be a very different uh, play style stylistically. And he would have spoken to Mertens and how Mertens exploded under um, Sari playing that role. And they're obviously very similar in stature and size. And uh, it's just uh, Hazard's a more talented player. So that might happen eventually, but I imagine for the Spurs game, we'll go back to Morata. And um, it will be the, the same lineup as we've seen for the majority of the season. Um, it's going to be an interesting game. Obviously, it's the box office game. I think it's like the box office game of the weekend, like the big one. It's 5.30 on the Saturday. So um, uh, London Derby, big game. It's a six-pointer. <laughs> so yeah, it's going to be a great game. Hopefully, we don't get found out. I mean, if we lose to them, there'll be some uh, online Twitter trolls losing their shit, um, thinking that we've got all these problems when really, regardless, we would have had an excellent start and we might have not got the win away at a team that is very settled and comfortable in what they do. So, you know, there's never such thing as a free hit with Chelsea FC these days because we've got such uh, big ambitions and expectations. But, you know, it's not like we'll get slapped about by... um by like a Cardiff at home or do you know what I mean so I hope we beat the spuds and I think we will um I'm gonna put a little score prediction in before uh I'm gonna say oh god I reckon 
You know what? Fuck it. 3-1 Chelsea. 3-1 Chelsea away at Wembley. Heard it here first. Hit me up on Twitter when I get this right. All right, so I want to... That's just my little preview for the Spurs game. I'm going to do some uh, questions and transfer talk and all that hot goss. Well, where are we now? We're, we're in sort of mid-November. Oh yeah, I'm just looking on the table. I've um, I've got some more tickets to Europa Games. Taking advantage with the cheap home games, I'm going to the Powok game at home. So I'll report back on that soon. Just looking at my tickets, I think um, I think that will finally, hopefully, be a rotated team to see some Ute. But I'm not holding my breath. Anyway, just going off on the tangent. So we're in mid-November, and the transfer rumours are coming in thick. And fast, although not too much with Chelsea, more, um, I guess, outs than ins. So I got a bunch of questions. Um, well, I say a bunch, I didn't get that many. It was for you guys. Ryan, you've uh, slam dunks me with loads. Um, <laughs> um, you have, yeah, a lot of questions. Um, MD for doctor. And um, yeah, my, my mate Mark dropped a question as well, Mark Stevens. Um, a lot of them, well, they're all essentially transfer questions, except Ryan did leave a, a bunch. Um, just looking at them, a couple. Who do you think would join their coaching first? Excuse me, coaching staff first at Chelsea, Terry Lampard or Jogba? Well, it wouldn't be Jogba, I don't think. Um, Lampard's ahead in terms of a, a coaching stature, although JT might come as an assistant coach, maybe. I don't think Lampard is in the position now where he'd come to Chelsea as an assistant coach unless it was like next season. I feel like he's going to do his own journey for a little while. Uh, and if he did come back, it would be as a in the first team coach capacity. So maybe JT to join the coaching staff first. All right. So you ask him also, Ryan, about which loanee would be most useful to bring back in January. Um, God. Well, one would immediately go to the Tammy and Mishi camp to think about strikers. But, you know, I don't think in January, Giroud, well, I think he has been linked, actually, to a, to a Liga move, which I don't think will happen. So, provided we um we keep both strikers and in Sari's mind, he is thinking of the potential Force 9 idea as well. I think he's perfectly happy with the amount of strikers he's got in that sense, knowing that, you know, he could do that alternative. So maybe you could say that's why my initial thoughts would be Mishy or Tammy. I think Cahill would want to go in January and it looks like he may well go. So, you know, you could say bring back Zuma, who's been playing well for Everton, but then that's unfair on Zuma because he's been starting every single game at a side that looks like they could, you know, maybe finish seventh or something, which is huge for him. And then, you know, our midfield stacked, so we couldn't, you know, Mason Mount would be pointless. And, he'd, you know, why would you want to tear him away from Frank? Um, so I'd say probably, just to answer your question, bro, maybe Mishy, because Mishy's not a Tammy, is starting for Villa all the time. And Mishy's not having the best time at Valencia. So if we can get him a rotation, a few games playing in Sari system, that might be good for him. Okay, so this is another question from you, Ron. This has been going on there. Uh, been on Chelsea fans' lips for a while, and other people how Dave isn't performing as well as a right-back as we would have hoped. Um, true. And it's odd because he has played that before. Is it due to system age or rust? At uh, what point do you consider the issue of replacing him, although he's in his prime? He is in his prime. He's one of the best defenders on, like, one-on-ones, down flanks. Yep. 
He has been a... I think he played really well in the last game against Everton. But you're right, he has been poor generally. Um, at which point would you consider... Because he's, you know, he's made him like captain or vice-captain. If Cahill goes in January, I guess he will be captain. Uh, what point do you consider? Because, you know, I've said this like so many times before. On paper, um, Azpilicueta suits the Sari style um, right back because he tucks in. And that sort of almost becomes a right centre-back. is, And that's exactly what Azpilicueta played for the last couple of years. And then, you know, he has played right-back and left-back before, but he has played right-back. So on paper, it should be his perfect position and the perfect system for him, especially, you know, considering recent years. But maybe it's not the case. Um, the right-back is required to relieve pressure. We overload the left side on the fence, but then we do switch the play to relieve pressure to the right. And maybe it's that systematic style of play that screws Azpilicueta up. You're, you, I think you're right to ask this question, Ryan, mate, because it has been a sort of theme and a question that's coming up. But I, I personally, as a Chelsea fan, and if I was in the position... Um, in the position of Sarri, I'd, I'd, I'd bear with him because he's a very talented player. He's always been the sort of teacher's pet, hasn't he? So you could tell he'd probably be be working hard for Sarri and trying to develop, and he's probably a good player to coach. So, you know, keep Dave in there. And, you know, he's proper Chelsea, and he loves Chelsea winning. So removing that from the team would be painful. I mean, you know, you know Cahill's proper Chelsea in that sense, but I understand why we're not playing him. But as Plaquetti, you're right to say, is in his prime, and... I'd, I'd find it difficult to drop him, so I'm I'm, I'm willing to um to just uh, I'd be happy for him to stay in and develop in in this system. All right, MD for Doctor, um, which I think is Mario, right? If you've changed your name, uh, Ryan asked this as well, but you asked uh, with a possible with a possible transfer ban looming, will Chelsea be forced to spend big in the coming transfer window, or will they look to sell uh, players to finance summer spending? Okay, so. I don't think this transfer ban uh, is 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 like legitimate. Um, I I posted something about it on my Twitter, and Jonathan Kidd quoted it and said it's um it's recycled news with the Bertrand Traore example, and um, Chelsea haven't done anything wrong. So I I doubt we'll get a transfer ban. I mean, can you realistically see that happening in the Premier League for Chelsea? I can't. Um, but in terms of just general spending and finance, I think um, I think we'll get a few like low low yielding out outgoings. Um, I mean, we've just spent a lot of money on Kepper and Jorginho. I mean, they were they were a lot of money. And you know, we come the summer, are we going to buy Kovacic? He's an excellent player, but Real Madrid are going to want a lot of money for him. So that's another thing to think about. And I mean, other than that, it's really it's a striker and right, right wing. But right wing, I'll move on to in a moment. And that might look sooner rather than later. Um, I don't think Chelsea want to do a hashtag war chest. And certainly Sarri's always maintained that he's not interested in that. And he's happy to coach his players. He thinks that, you know, the, the transfer market is almost a bit vulgar, which is commendable to a degree. But Chelsea, um, I mean, there are the, the obvious, you know, looking forward, we do need a right winger, right mid. And um, I guess the striker is going to be, you know, the proof is going to be in the pudding. So I don't think um, <clears throat> the transfer ban is relevant. You know, I may be well be proved wrong. And ultimately, if we do get a transfer ban, that might not be 
the worst thing in the world. We might actually be forced to recall such worldly talents as Mason Mount and start playing Hudson Adoy and who knows, play Rhys James at right back in certain games, you know, with loads of great, great talent at Chelsea. So um, it could be a blessing in disguise, save some money, play some youth. I know it won't be great for branding and this, that and the other, but, you know, every cloud and all that, mate. So thanks for your question, bro. Um, okay, so Mark Stevens asks thoughts on Pulisic to Chelsea, which leads me into this sort of the January transfer window because this is where these sort of big links have come from. Um, so it does look like we're going to need a right wing. It looks like Gary Cahill could be on the way out. I mean, we would want to get rid of um, drink water, whether we can, I don't know. I mean, somewhere like Fulham should just, we should just make a loss on drink water and try and sell them to Fulham for like 27 million or something. Or 25, you know, make a 10 million loss, which is awful, but he probably won't want to go because they probably won't match the wages and he's just he's just on a long contract to Chelsea he's probably loving life to be honest no pressure living in London getting like probably like 100k a week and he's like you know what I've, I've won a Premier League I was part of that fairy dream and I'm staying fit I'm living in London I'm getting loads of money so it'd probably be difficult for him to to leave the the bridge I don't know how ambitious he is to be playing every weekend every weekend like regardless so that's an interesting uh you know, trail of thought there. Um, and then Bakayoko, Jesus Christ, I'm not going to talk about Bakayoko. So um, I don't think we'll get a striker in January. It'll be too difficult. Loads of people will be cup-tied. And um, I think Sari's happy to try with the 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 diving Spaniard and the uh, non-scoring handsome French unit and potentially playing the false nine. I think between all that, he'd be okay to see out the season. So that kind of leaves us um with a right wing i think maybe i'd like to say Christ- christensen's been upset about you know not playing in the premier league if gary cahill goes in um january that might i don't say that ensures him more playing time because um it doesn't really does it uh it, it kind of uh he was just playing with cahill anyway so it's an interesting one in that sense um I don't know if Ampadu's still injured, but obviously he can play centre-back really, really well. I'd like to see him playing more. Um, before I get on to Pulisic and the right-wing rumours um, on outgoings as well, Victor Moses, he obviously can't play right-back. He certainly can't play one of the midfield three because they have a very specific role in Sari Ball. Um, he's not a right-back. And he's not like a front-right-winger anymore. I think he played um, right-wing in a... Four two three one, but you know in this system it's different. It's just not his thing anymore. So, you know, <clears throat> you'd think we'd get a few quid for Moses. I mean, how much do you reckon we get for Moses? That's an interesting question because he wouldn't unless if we sold him to another Premier League team to like a Fulham or something like that. You'd get like twenty twenty mil. I don't know how long he's got on his contract. If he signed a new one under Conte, he must have when he won the league or was winning the league um i don't know you couldn't it just feels like you couldn't get a lot for him he's not that old you know he's a premier league winner fa cup winner recently that's a really difficult one i mean if we sell him for 30 million you'd be stoked but i just can't see us getting loads and loads of money for victor moses which is weird isn't it like you you'd 
Alonso played the other wing back um, important thig- figure under uh, Conte, and you you see Alonso going for twice as much as Moses easy. I know because it's his goals, but but does that you know has he got that many more goals to make him so much more money? It's interesting when you compare those two, but yeah, I just really don't see us making a lot of money for Victor. Um, Hudson Odoi and Ampadu. The two youth players that we want to see play. Hopefully, I'll get to see him again when they go back to the bridge for Europa. But I don't think, um, you know, they could both do. Um, they could both really benefit from going out on loan. Um, you know, Hudson Adoy doing a Reese Nelson or a Jaden Sancho. He's so talented, Hudson Adoy. He could he could be a Dortmund player right now or something or. You know, even I don't know, going to like a Leon or some sort of higher table team in the in a another uh, European league, not a Vitesse loan, something where he's going to start in a really competitive, um, <coughs> excuse me, team and uh, you know position in the table in the league. It may, maybe sounds awful that I was saying um, loan him out, but we haven't seen anything happening with him or in playing and it's not going to get any easier as we get deeper in competition so so maybe loan him out in January I don't know maybe he needs to be kept for that backup but we'll have to see put yourself in the position of the manager you don't want to see your bench backups just disappearing because that makes you nervous anyway so I can't really think of anything else in terms of outgoings <clears throat> I don't think Giroud will go to France I think he'll stay like I, like I said before both strikers so the potential of bringing in the right winger, we've got two talented right wingers in Pedro and Willian. Granted, they're on their way out in terms of age, but they certainly like should be able to do a job for at least another six months. You know, Pedro signed an extension for an extra year after this one. Made a lot of sense financially for us and for him. And I'm not entirely sure how long Willian's got left. I think he wanted to get a new contract, um, whether we'd, you know give them an ex- a year extension of not, I don't know. But uh, Sorry actually came out a few days ago and was praising him so much. So I don't think he'd particularly be looking for a right, right winger. He'd understand how the club would want to um, invest in a long-term solution to their ageing right wing problem. But in terms of uh, his immediate job, like he knows the Chelsea management position is a fleeting one. And he doesn't, it's like the youth, it's the same old story. He's not going to give a shit about long-termism. He wants to do his job now and be the best he could be now. And he's looking at what's in front of him and who he's been coaching for the last three months. And you've really got to think about it from that perspective. And in that sense, he's probably quite happy with, you know, he's said how good Willian is. And he's said before how Pedro is the perfect player for his style. So um, I don't think he's unhappy. But that being said, now I've talked about Sari's perspective, let's look at the club's perspective. Of course, they're ageing. Um, it's a shame that Willian... I'm not a Willian hater, but if it's true that Barcelona wanted to pay like 60, 70 million for Willian, why the fuck didn't... <laughs> didn't we just sell him and buy someone... Buy a, a youngster for 50 million... Uh, make keep some profit, you know, some like wicked up and coming winger. Jesus Christ. So anyway, anyway, anyway. Um I think Sari would be happy with them, but the club's gonna look into wanting to invest for a long term plan for the right wing. Obviously Hazard's in his best and he's got a few years left. Hopefully he does stay 
that's um, another story. You know, I've banged that drum for a while and we'll have to see if he signs a new contract or not. And behind him, provided Chelsea keep their shit together, we have got a very young, amazing talent in Callum Hudson-Odoi. So it is the ageing right wing issue. Um, yes, so Mark um, did ask thoughts on Pulisic to Chelsea, which leads me to my um, my poll, actually, as well. I, uh, I asked him... Um, yeah, basically, I did a four four um, option poll on Twitter. Uh, over eleven 1, hundred people voted. Who would you prefer to fill uh, to fill this right wing slot as as a as an investment? <laughs> and uh, I put the choices as Christian Pulisic, Leon Bailey, who's gone off the radar a little bit, but damn, he's good. Torgan Hazard and the Bill Fakir now. The results to this are crazy <laughs> because there's a joint first place and a joint second place, which is just nuts considering it's over 11, for, um, excuse me, 1100 um, votes. It's just nuts. Um, coming in at joint second, it is Leon Bailey and Christian Pulisic, both at 19%. Joint thirst is Nabil Fakir and Torgan Hazard at 31%. So, damn, what a what an interesting result. Um, granted, I put this tweet in Polo, Polo when I was watching the beginning of that uh, Belgium game when Torgan scored two early goals. The first was like a mistake and a tap-in, but the second was a lovely finish, and he's had an excellent start to his season in the Bundesliga. And I just, you know, there's that sort of romanticism of both Hazard brothers on the wings and whoever in between. Uh, another like potential reason to keep Hazard at the club as well, to get Torgan back? I don't know. Um, so that's what I sort of said. But Nabil Fakir, now Nabil Fakir is obviously awesome, and I think he can play he can play attacking midfield and I think he can play across the front three. So ultimate utility player maybe. Um but a really, really talented player. I mean, upon reflection, maybe him him and you know, the the, the poll makes sense in terms of my opinion as well. I'd I'd be happy with either those. But um you know, I'd be happy with either any of the four, really. I think I chose in my head the four like that I'd really, really like. Um, I think in the comments there was some shouts for uh, for Suso. People are talking about um, Alnautovic. Um, yeah, all sorts. I'm looking at it now. Um, yeah, Hammers, Rodriguez. Um, someone's coming in there. And yeah, I got loads. Malcolm. Um, didn't Barca just sign? I don't know how. Has he been doing shit for Barca? I don't know. Anyway, um, Depay, Depay came up, yeah, I, I, there's a certain element of getting, signing Memphis Depay and him doing awesome for us and just being, being funny in terms of him not maybe getting the chance at Man United so that that would feel good in that sense to be quite funny, still quite young and he does look a very confident player when playing for the Netherlands and Leon. so yeah, Memphis Depay maybe is all these players, but the big link is Christian Pulisic. Pulisic. I don't know why I'm lisping on that. Anyway, he's um he's been heavily linked. I think he's uh, his contract runs out in a year's time or eighteen months, same as like Eden Hazard. Uh, I think he does want to play in the Premier League. Uh, issue being, he is actually a, a big Man United fan. <laughs> 
Um, well, that's all right. Luke Shaw's a big Chelsea fan. So it's, it's an interesting one. I think he's um, he looks very talented. He's very quick and he's good. He's a good dribbler, but he's almost like a, a Willian, but 10 years younger in that sense of um, maybe lacking some fi- uh, final product sometimes. He's not my pick of the bunch, Pulisic. I mean, if we signed him, I'd be like, meh, see how he does. It'd be a lot of money, but not loads of money due to contract length um, remaining. Uh, the the one major benefit, uh, I did say this to the London is Blue pod guys on Twitter as well. When I was talking to them on on on, uh, on Twitter, I, I said, like, buying Christian Pulisic is, is a good move financially, I think, because he's the face of American soccer. He's 20 years old. He's already well regarded as the most talented American uh, football player. And... Uh, he would bring a lot of a marketability with him in terms of the American fan base uh, of the Premier League. Uh, and that would be a smart move, I guess. Make Chelsea more popular, bring more money, da 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 yada, yada, yada. But, you know, the fans want to see a right winger that's going to come and do the business off the bat. And, you know, would he... the question is of all these players that I've talked about, do they fit Sarri's system you know, are they going to be really good at fast interchanging and moving in spaces and moving the ball really, really fast? Um, I don't know what I've seen of Christian Pulisic. Is he's very quick, beating a man on the wing. He can knock a ball around you. Uh, and he looks very sort of athletic. Um, you know, Leon Bailey's excellent, very, very fast. Torgan Hazard, not much, as much as a dribbler as Hazard, as his brother Eden, but he's um, he's actually getting better, actually. And he proved that in the, for Belgium recently a couple of times. And, you know, mate, I guess Nabil Fakir would be the pick of the bunch. Um, it'd be expensive, though. So it's, a, it's I don't have like a, a pot. Yeah, it, it's, it, I don't see us getting Fakir. So, and I, don't, I think Leon Bailey's tied up now a little bit as well. So it's a, it's a difficult one. If we get Pulisic, it shows intent. It shows that we're doing something, you know. It's, um, it's an investment in terms of age. He's young, 20 years old or whatever. And it's an investment in terms of what he brings, um, in terms of marketability. So it won't be like an absolute crazy punt, like you know, a Morata just because he's played for a couple of big teams. Uh, we pay like X amount for him. It will be like you know, he's very young and he's very well regarded, and and uh, he's got a huge following. So that's two sort of um, sturdy positives that won't just go away. Uh, so yeah, I mean it will be exciting when, as a Chelsea fan, you get a new, young signing. He's got a big, he's a big name. It's always going to be a little bit exciting. So we'll have to see. Um, I if we don't sign one player in January, but we send a couple out on loan and we make a couple of sales, I would not be at all surprised. The only thing people have been complaining about really is a striker. I really don't see us buying a striker in January. It's a madness. It's, unless there's like some sort of like a low key uh, diamond in the rough that Sari sees that he wants to polish that we can get in January that he thinks this is perfect for me, then you know I don't see anything happening, which is fine. We're we're doing our thing and uh, everything's going well so far. Certainly exceeding expectations. So let's wrap up this episode, guys. It's not a super long one, but you know I just wanted to get it out. Okay, guys, thanks for tuning in again. Um, I do have, uh, hopefully it gets lined up for the weekend to publish the episode on Monday. Uh, it's been it's been good. I wanted to talk about 
the sort of transfer rumours and, you know, bit of the Nations League, mate. Come on, England. <laughs> anyway, guys, it's been a minute since I've done the podcast, so I feel it's good to do one again. Um, yeah, thank you so much for listening and returning to the Anacon Chelsea podcast. I really appreciate it. I love doing it, as you all know. Um, please subscribe on whatever app you listen to. Hit me up on iTunes. Give me a five-star rating. You know how to support the podcast is out there. means a lot and it sort of uh, helps me progress and continue doing this. And uh, if you tune in every week, I imagine, you know, you'd, you'd like that to happen for me. Or I'd, <laughs> I'd hope so. <laughs> anyway, guys, thanks for tuning in and listening. And uh, up the chels. Keep the blue flag flying high. Carefree. Wherever you may be, guys. See you later.